I'm really, really excited for our guest today. A full disclaimer, Ryan was a client of mine and he has taken it to the next level and jumped into building a lifestyle of his own where he's in command of what his career looks like. So today's guest is super, super amazing because I've seen his journey. You know, he comes out of the entertainment industry and he has been managing people that are hugely successful. The wildly successful Janet Gardner, you know, she has been from Vixen. Anybody who is old as us and we are would remember the 80s band Vixen, who was wildly popular as well. And then he managed the amazing Kreskin. Anybody who loves magic. Look, when I was a little boy, man, I loved magic. So this was huge when I found out that you were the manager for the amazing Kreskin. Uh, I have so many stories just from my dad alone of, uh, of meeting him and talking with him in different casinos and whatnot. So that's it's super, super exciting for me. Um, and then he got to work with Bon Jovi. I mean, who could say that? I mean, there's not many people that can say they worked with Bon Jovi. So I'll let him tell the story of that one. But I'd like for you to uh, invite Ryan Galway and give him a round of applause. I really wish there was a studio so we could do that. <laughs> but Ryan, man, thank you so much for coming on. The Man, I'm super excited to have you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been an exciting journey. Um, and I'm excited for your new journey. This is going to be a great thing for you and your listeners. So thanks, man. Uh, I really appreciate excited. it. I really appreciate that. A lot of I mean, storytelling you know, going to happen today. Oh, there really, really is. And, you know, like I said in the, the intro with the full disclosure, you were a client of mine, and we, we've become very, very good friends uh, throughout that whole process. And I can't, I, I can't be more proud of what you've built, you know. I mean, I'll, I didn't want to mention in the intro, you know, Sleepless Life, because I really want you to promote that because it's, it's amazing, man, and seeing that journey – from you and you know seeing all the successes it's you know I, I jump for joy for you i mean i'm sitting in here my wife and kids and i'm like yeah because i see what you've done or you got another contract i'm like man you're killing it so without further ado could you kind of walk me through uh, how you got started and just tell the listeners what kind of brought you to creating something of your own and really building a brand of your own it was thankful to the wonderful world of COVID. And and I don't want to be happy about COVID or that it happened, but there was a lot of tragedy with COVID, but there was also a lot of positivity that happened during that period of time. I mean, people got to spend time with their families. Parents were spending time with their children, which you never see anymore, and it's kind of back to that way now. But it was a moment in time of being able to pause and me being a concert tour manager, I couldn't tour. You know, my artists, the Janet and Kreskin couldn't go out and do shows. Everything was just like on lockdown. And I knew that the music industry was never going to, especially the touring side was going to be the same for a long period of time. And there was no outlet for me, you know. I loved doing what I was doing because I'd been working in music for so long, from DJing to managing tours to writing my own music, and um, it was just a, a somber time, and I needed an outlet, and that's that's when you were starting your coaching business and things like that, and I'm like, I hit you up. I'm like, I'm at a loss of what my next step is going to do. I had thoughts of doing a podcast. I had thoughts of wanting to start my own coffee company. Mm -hmm. And there was just a lot of like, well, I could do this, I could do that. And 
after like three months of not working, I got bored. And I'm like, mm. I need to do something. Something has to change. I can't sit still. I've never been that guy to just sit still. And uh, so the podcast happened first. My podcast called Advancing the Show. And that was basically being able to help and shine a light on how I got started in the music industry and how people had started businesses within that platform and built their brand. Um, because music is more than just music. It's a business. It's a brand. And that's what I wanted listeners to know that were struggling. When I started, podcasts weren't a thing. You know, it was mostly books. So back in 2009... Um, not only was my father struggling with cancer and I was dealing with that whole thing, yeah, I found the outlet of how can I dive into this. And this gets into the, the whole Bon Jovi story, but back in 2009, I had friended Lorenzo Ponce. Her and I had become friends on Facebook. She says violin player in his solo band. So her and I had talked back and forth and, you know, talked about our a solo record and she didn't have management. The light bulb went off for me. I'm like, well, I can help. And I just started sending her information. And then I wanted to educate myself more in that space. I'm like, here's an opportunity to work with one of the best, most talented people in the game. So I got a book by Paul Allen called um, Music Management, I believe was the title. Fantastic book. And I read that thing from front to back, and, and I tried to find what I could online. And I was really just self-educated in the business and thought, you know, outside the box, how can I help catapult a career? How can I get information out to people and things like that? And widgets back then were, were a thing. Facebook was still somewhat new. So I, I remember messaging Lorenzo, and I'm like, what about a widget? Would you want a widget? And she goes, what is a widget? So I explained <laughs> that it's like this mini website that can go on like a MySpace page or a Facebook page and oh God, people MySpace. can play your music through it and stuff like that. And she's like, that's really cool. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. Had no idea how to build a widget. I'm not a computer guy, but I did. I went on, I researched, I built the widget. We put this whole widget together. People could have a customized URL and and all this stuff. So I think we had like 150,000 hits when we launched it. Like the first day. Good like number. it was huge. Um, but then Facebook started taking down personal things. You couldn't have a widget on Facebook, and MySpace was dead. And, you so know, you had so to pivot. You're always having to pivot. Yeah. You know, so it was a big pivot. But, um, so I ended up working with her for over the course of three years. Um, we did a lot of shows together. I managed her merchandise. Um, we opened up from Bon Jovi on several of the 2011 tour. It was the number one concert tour that year, and uh, I handled the meet and greets. Um, so it was really that. just a dream come true. Here I'm a guy starting out in music on the number one concert tour in the world. Pretty fascinating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, and intimidating but, at the same time, right? Absolutely, because I'm still really wet behind the ears. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm yeah. just winging it, you know, um, and just doing. 
But it got to the point where her fans didn't care about the band. They wanted to know me and they wanted to know her because I was the face of the social media part. I was always tweeting and and things like that. So it was. It got to a point where it was like, you and Ryan come here, you and Ryan come here. And it that was something I wasn't prepared for because I just, I never wanted to be in a spotlight or needed to be in a spotlight. But it, it did happen and it's a lonely existence when that starts to fade away. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, I think we did our last show at the Stanhope House in, in it's a famous blues venue up in North Jersey. And we just kind of walked away, and it was just a lot. It was taking a toll on her because she had – she's a, a first-call session player. So, like, when all the big names need a violin player, she's the one that gets called. Plus, when John Bon Jovi needs her for solo gigs and this and that, it's a lot of work. And she's one of the best in the business. I love her to death. And nobody does it better. I, I look up to her as inspiration. You know, because not only did she give me my opportunity, but she's one of the kindest people on the planet. And um, that's so strong, it was man. Just Everybody a, a needs a mentor. Experience. What? I said that's strong. Everybody needs a mentor and someone to look up to, and well, it drives the, you. You know, the most valuable thing that I learned from her is everything's done in writing. You know, she's not going to hop on a phone call with you and talk business. Like, if you're solidifying a deal, it's in writing, because if it's not in writing, it didn't happen. And that was my first lesson to contracts and and doing things. Like, if it's not in writing, it's not going to happen. And we did everything in writing, you know, so it was, it was just a good lesson for me to, you know, always have your facts and, and details and, and things like that, because you just, you never know, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was a big lesson that I learned from her in, in that space. And, you know, we, there was one time we were going out looking at venues where to do shows. And the phone is nonstop, like, you know, and it's all people wanting to do business with her because of her affiliation with all these mega stars and, and how talented she is. So it's it's really fascinating to see somebody at that level and to see and to be so granted. It doesn't take none of that for granted at all, because today tomorrow somebody croaks while you're no longer doing a show. With, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's kind of it's it's a really fascinating experience to watch and you know and see her still do it. Her and I met in two thousand nine, and here it is twenty twenty three, and she's still fiddling away you know so it, it, it's pretty cool and that's she's still playing with john so that that's that's exciting that's interesting and you know part of pardon me the coach comes out in me but you know as i'm listening to this i'm thinking of all the common denominators of what kind of led you to building something of your own and it seems like the mentorship and trying new things like it doesn't seem like you were very afraid to try new things. And you mentioned before, you pivoted many times, but then took anything that you could from all of these mentors in your life. And it drove you kind of towards a common goal that you and I both have, is to build something that is going to leave a lasting legacy, is going to be you know, a positive, I don't want to say beacon of light, it sounds kind of corny, but it is a beacon of light that people can look to for inspiration and say, you know what, I can do this. 
You know, I'm no different than Chris. I'm no different than Ryan. You know, I'm the only thing that's holding me back is the fear. You know, so. And, you know, well, and the the funny thing is, is I've never been afraid to try things. Now that I'm older, I'm a lot more methodical in what I'm going to do. But mm-hmm. you know, I I always had the the mindset: you don't know unless you try. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's. Uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Why my work phone is calling on a. Uh, <laughs> I'm silencing everything. I didn't expect yeah. that. So sorry. No, no worries. Um, so you were saying about, you know, you're always having the, the will to try and not being afraid of, of things yeah. to try things. You can't, you know, because it that one time you try could work. Yeah. And let me tell you, I've done a lot of things that have failed. You know, years ago, I bought into a health club, a gym, invested a lot of money into it. And I think it, I remember it, that. <laughs> it did not work out. Um, you know, and that's just business. And I and I don't even hold personal grudges. I see mm-hmm. my business partner. I say, hello, how are you? It was business. And it was, it was personal on the other part of, of why it failed. But that's neither here nor there. But that was before, that was done on a verbal contract deal. And so that that's so you why should have I learned. mentioned. Remember, she taught you how to put everything in writing, and you did a verbal contract. Well, and deal. I did the gym before I had worked with Lorenzo, so it was that kind of just thing because you just don't think about these things. But yeah. my first lesson on a handshake deal cost me sixty five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That hurts. Yeah, it's a oh, lot yeah. of money. Um, so, you know, you learn. What was the learning lesson out of that? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm curious. What was the learning lesson out of that? Definitely do a contract. Do, do more homework. You know, somebody that I knew that was looking for help to build her, her business. And I'm very big on wanting to help people and build things. I'm still that way to today. Mm -hmm. Um, the difference was, is that. She wasn't as organized as I thought, you know, and unfortunately, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. So it did dissolve into to nothing. The, the business shot down. She had her, the, the courts decided she suffered losses. I suffered losses. We both just go our separate way. Um, so it was a, a $65,000 lesson to learn. And, but... Even though that was such an expensive lesson to learn and such a, a, a tragic moment in my life, I still wanted more. And I, later on in life, I still continued to, to keep trying and seeking out new things because I really believe success is going to happen one day. And as long as you believe that, it'll eventually happen. Yeah. You know, you got to fall nine times before you get back up at ten. You know what I mean? And that's that's, that's just the thing. You you look at all these wealthy CEOs and celebrities that have failed so many times. You know, like the famous Bon Jovi put record deal rec- after record deal and was getting shot down, shot down. His music school teacher told him he couldn't sing. He's now one the sixth richest rock star in the world. And, um, you know, at, at, you know, almost a half a billion dollars in a net value from a guy in Sarahville, New Jersey, he did something right. Yeah. But he got kicked in the teeth many times before he got that. What saved him was giving a CD to a guy, a DJ at a local radio station 
and I've heard this story. it was the people yeah. that got to got him to wear it you know but that's a lesson in itself is that nobody can do it best. alone yeah that's the biggest lesson in all of this too is that not many people can do it alone at some point you're going to have to ask for help you know you're going to have to start looking to yeah. the closest yeah. people to you to help you in the things that you're not the strongest with right like i'm not a marketer i'm a career coach you know, I'm not a, a graphic designer. However, Invisiscope started in 2014 as a web design company. And then it moved into career coaching and private search. So, it's, you, you know, we talked about earlier that you have to pivot quite a bit. And I think that's the biggest message that your story really showcases is that you've pivoted so many times. Yeah. And you've gotten knocked down so many times. But there was this constant passion this constant drive or fire in the back of your mind that said, I'm not giving up. There is something better for me. Yeah, and there I is was something a successful DJ for a very long time. I mean, one year paid for my college. You know what I mean? And that was all word of mouth, zero advertising. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when you build a, a, a business off of that and you do well, um, you know, but as time goes on, it becomes, it starts to break down your body. Yeah. It's a lot of lugging. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of, you know. And again, that was a pivot in from DJing into the music industry, into that world, which mm -hmm. I dreamt of doing since I was a kid. You know, I used to hold little concerts in my bedroom for like two hours because I wanted to be like my mentor, Bon Jovi. I wanted to be that guy. But I didn't want to be the rock star. I wanted to be the CEO that he is, you know, I wanted to pick his brain and yeah. he built this massive organization from his own vision. And that's what I wanted. I didn't need to be the guy up on stage shaking his ass. And that's why that's, that's why I never took that. I've written songs. I've released two on YouTube and I have a whole album written, which I still yet to record. I have a Christmas song I want to record. I still love that part of my life. It's just never taken a front seat because I never, you know, I yeah. don't need to be that guy. I don't need to be the guy that's getting a pat on the back. But I do love it because it's an outlet. You know, if yeah, I suffer a broken heart, I can sit and write that song. And that's that's my therapy. Yeah, that's a perfect segue because, you know, you, you and I always had very similar uh, interests. You know, I mean, the, the entertainment part of things and my family comes from an entertainment background as well but i never saw the glitz and glamour of the bright lights as interesting to me what i really found interesting was the production of it was the business side of it the analytics what was working what wasn't working what can you feed off of and build excitement around that was always something that drove me but that is a perfect segue i would love to hear you talk about how sleepless life came into play because it rapidly became and i i gotta get another order from you because we killed that vanilla that vanilla was was <laughs> awesome but uh, i i would really love to you to tell the story of sleepless life because it's one of my most favorite stories about everything that you've done in your life and i would just love for the the listeners to hear that well the idea is not just coffee sleepless life was a concept that i had for a while of being a brand not just a coffee brand. It was coffee to start your day, clothing to make you look good, a fragrance to make you smell good, and then a wine to celebrate your day. That is the vision. That I is like the circle that. of life. I really like that. 
And that's that that's been the vision of starting it. But I, I needed a spot to start out with, you know, something that was mm -hmm. like wine is a fifty to hundred thousand dollar venture just to start. Like not even you know and then there's licensing and liquor like it, it's just a ton of work. I did the research on it, so I'm like, well that's not gonna be a first start. Um clothing could work. But you got to build a brand for your clothing to be successful. So then there's fragrances and there's a lot of testing and this and that. Which fragrance are you going to like? And, this, you know, and then again, you have to have a brand to build off of those sales. You know, I could come up with a, a clone right now and put it online and say, here you go. There's no guarantee it's going to sell. So the idea was to start with coffee. And coffee is what gives people life. Hence the brand Sleepless Life. Um, so coffee is... Um, my, my slogan is it's not just coffee, it's life. You know, because that's... Anybody starting their day is drinking a cup of coffee, whether it's regular or decaf. And that's, that's where it started. And I went through some mock-up trials of... Not trials, but... Um, logos you know designing the logo and stuff like that and i always knew i wanted the why in life to to be like the victory guy kind of like yeah so i it took me I, the first year it was just a a, a a coffee mug and it said sleepless life and i got a message from somebody that says i've seen that somewhere before and i'm like well i'm not going to use that because i want to be original and so I went back to the drawing board and um came up with the new logo that you see there sleepless life with the victory guy and um yeah that's a cool logo and the funny thing is sleepless life is a business somewhere else but it's spelled l-i-f-e and i was like shit well i can't use that so i gotta change it up and that's how it came back to the to drawing board sleepless l-y-f-e <laughs> and um so the parts, the challenges of, of starting a business is always research, making sure somebody else doesn't have anything. And uh, it turns out that there's a clothing brand called Life. And it's spelled just like that. So initially we had T-shirts that just said Life on it, L-Y-F-E. And I'm like, can't use that. Scrap that. Take that off the shelf, you know. And then we have to put Sleepless on it to... You know, so there's a lot of challenges when, when starting iteration building after this iteration. brand because yeah. you, that's the last thing you need to do is get sued for copyright infringement. <laughs> and then, you know, so um, I'm always cautious of that. And I learned that from my music world of stealing somebody else's song and, and, and things like that. So um, in, uh, I don't know, I want to say... January of let's see I started Sleepless Life officially went live in September 2020 mm -hmm. and um, I got called back to like one of my jobs that September like they were reopening back up and I was like really like I just put all this work into building this brand and now I gotta go back to work and build you know yeah. which is good though you need money to pay the bills um so a little bit of a necessity you know <laughs> just a little bit so 
in the initial launch, the reception was actually not too bad for, you know, you, you get the question of, you know, what makes your coffee so great? And these, these typical questions like, why should I buy your coffee? Because you know me, that's why. Support me, that's why you buy. No. And I was coming from no friends. Truer you know? words. So, no truer words. <laughs> but that was my thinking when it's my friends asking me these questions. Like, mm -hmm. just support me. You know, I, I, I go and buy something that you're selling every time. But the, set, the true statement that I made a long time ago, whether it's music, whatever you're doing, the people that you know will not support you. It's the people that don't know you are your biggest supporters. And that's the true statement ever. When I started in music, my family hated it. You know, they, they wanted me to not do music at all, and they were against it. And people thought it was a horrible choice because it's such an unstable world. But you know what? At the end of the day, you know, unless I'm going to backtrack real quick because I'm going to be a little all over the place. But the lesson I learned when my father died, okay, is you got one shot at life and you live it. Man, I love that. Because my father was retired for 10 years before he died. He got to enjoy his life in those 10 years. First of all, I don't want to wait until I'm in my 60s. And I don't only want 10 years of enjoying life. That was my lesson from my father passing away. Repeat that is, message from your father again for me. You've got one life and then go, you know, repeat that message for me. Yeah, you have one life and you got one opportunity and you live it to your fullest, you know, and, and that's honest to God truth. And that was, that was why I took the leap. So going back into the music statement, I had a full-time job while I was working in music and touring and all that stuff. And in 2015, I was offered to manage a tour. And I left the job. I'm making like 60 grand a year. And, you know, I, I, I was miserable. I was unhappy. I, I was fighting with my family. There was just a lot going on in that, that period of my life. And I said, something's got to give. And I loved my family too much to X them out. So I quit the job. And I, I went on the road for the next three months. And it was life-changing. Scary life -changing. time. Yeah. It wasn't about the money. It was about my happiness. And, and that's, that's what it was for me. You know, I, I, I had never been happier you know, I was in a different city every day, hanging out with people 24-7. and So, you know, when you look into building a life of success and wanting to achieve the great things, you also have to take into accountability your happiness, your, your mental state. Because you could do all this. You could build the biggest company and the best brand. But if you're not happy, what good is it? You know, and, and that, that was the value and the take back that I had from my father passing away. And that's why I worked in music for all these years. That's why I still work with Janet and Kreskin, because I still want a taste of it. I still want to be a part of it. And who knows, maybe someday I'll dive back into it. I don't know. Um, but for right now, like, you have to be, you have to be happy. And, mm -hmm. and having a business, building a business, and having a day job... I'm now at that crossroads of trying my day job. It's becoming more demanding because I'm moving up in the company. And my business 
it's becoming more demanding because I changed the game of how I'm operating my business. So when you talk about pivot, you go into starting and you're looking to see what's working, what's not working. And there was, you know, I had a guy that wanted to be a partner and I gave him the opportunity to be the partner. And unfortunately, I couldn't babysit in that opportunity. Love the guy to death, but, you know, it's just not for him, not in this point in time. You know, so you go back to now being the only guy running a corporation. You know, it's in January decided to purchase my own equipment, my own roasting equipment and things like that, and be not outsource that part of the business. Um, because when you outsource that part of the business, you're losing a lot of your profits. Right. And how do you grow, how do you build a business off of like a $10 profit? You can't. It's very hard. Y- y- yeah. And so that is that is the challenge in, in, in growing businesses is figuring out what's working, what's not working. You have to be patient. The one thing that I urge anybody that listens to this and wants to to do this is definitely figure out the finances because even when I was working in music um, when you go on tour you can make good money but you can wait six months before that next tour so you gotta space out that money you gotta find other work you gotta find other opportunities to pay the bills you know and that's the challenge that's why these celebrities make the you know these acts make the kind of money granted they have the money to begin with but you know um you still need to figure out your finances and and that's that's the number one thing i started this in covid you know never realizing what the the financial uptake in in running and maintaining a business is spent a lot of money in marketing and advertising got zero return you know, I, I paid one company to do run an ad for me. Paid them six hundred dollars. They took the money and ran. So I could either oh, a go to court and fight terrible. for that money, or just cut my losses and keep going. And I, and that's what I did because it would have cost me more money to go to court for six hundred dollars rather than. Yeah. And and a lot of these companies know that. They know but that. On the other know, side of the coin, I mean, look what you were able to do. I mean, you've got a contract deal. With a stadium, you know, a uh, you you're in there for what a couple of years or a year. This is my first full season with them. I did a half a season last year right. with them, and thanks to, to Instagram and me running an ad on Instagram is how I was discovered. So you just never know when your opportunity is yeah. going to come. So I got message from the, the got this guy Steven at the the Patriots, which is a minor league to the New York Yankees, hmm. and he's like, um, "Would you be interested in advertising at our ballpark?" I'm like, "Well, do you sell coffee at your ballpark?" And he's like, "Yeah, but coffee, hot coffee doesn't really do too well in the summer." And this, and I said, "But I have cold brew. What's cold brew?" I says, well, let's chat. So <laughs> I explained what cold brew is. You know, it, it's a it's a, a coffee that has to steep for 12 to 24 hours in the grinds. It's like a coffee version of a tea bag, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, you know when you steep tea, it gets stronger the longer like it steeps. It a lot. So this is what cold brew essentially is, and it's it has a 
it builds a stronger caffeination, but the acidity diminishes over time. So it's a bolder, smoother taste. And that's what people like, because a lot of people don't like the acidity, so it becomes less acidic, but people love the caffeine and the energy that it gives them, so it's like a win-win. So in the summer months, people don't want to drink a hot coffee. Some do. I still enjoy a hot cup of coffee in the summer. I do, too. A night game? Yeah. And that's the thing. So went to the drawing board, put a whole presentation together for the Patriots of how we can make this work five-gallon dispenser, and it's a two-week expiration. You know, we went through this whole thing of, of, you know, how easy and efficient it could be for the ballpark. You know, we sell them a five-pound bag of coffee, so there's no measuring. We pour the five pounds in, in this container, which has this, like, giant tea bag thing, and you fill it up with water, and it just... They let it brew for 12 to 24 hours. They put it out, and they serve the cold brew. So in its first half season, Sleepless Life Cold Brew was out selling Dunkin' every night. That's awesome. That's a that's a phenomenal statement to make right there. It is. Um, so the model that we had with the ballpark is that I wholesale the coffee to them. They sell it per cup. They offer me my own concession stand, but they'll staff it. So it was a win-win. So Sleepless Life has an official concession stand at the Somerset Patriots Ballpark in Bridgewater, New Jersey. Go try it. Um, you know, that's what's cool, too, is that you don't have to worry about, you know, headcount, and you don't have to worry about staffing and things like that because in that deal, they'll handle all the staffing. You know, mm-hmm. you've got the label, you've got the brand of coffee, and you're selling, you know, Sleepless Life into a stadium where – what is the capacity of that stadium? It's got to be thousand. I think I think it could hold up to eight thousand. Eight thousand. I think that's so, a yeah. lot of that's a lot of fans. You know what I mean? Of yeah. of sleepless life. That's a lot of potential to grow because even if they tell five people, you know, I mean, the, the numbers compound and you start building it to be huge. I mean, that's yeah. an incredible statement to to make of that we outsold Duncan. You know, I mean, that's huge. And that's what a lot of the listeners, I hope, will take away from this is that why can't you make something and it outsell a corporate giant? Why not? Who's to say you can't? That, that for me, that was like one of the biggest achievements in my life. First of all, I never imagined getting my brand into a baseball stadium let alone a minor league to the New York Yankees, which I'm a fan of the Yankees, so I'm like, all right, let's go. Me too. (laughs) So, you know, um, and they won the championship last year. So not only to have a cold brew, I'm with a champion team, and this year they won the mid-term championships, Mm -hmm. and we're headed towards another championship again. Now, can Uh, you use in your marketing, just out of curiosity, can you use the the Somerset Patriots uh, Patriots logo in your marketing or the Yankees logo in yep. your marketing? You can. I can. That's a gold the, mine the right there. The reason why I can is because my coffee. I hope none is of the lawyers are listening to this and like, no, shut them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I'll get a call Monday. You know, Ryan, you can't do that. Just cut it out. Um, but on my brochure. I have a brochure too. Hold on, let me get it so I can show show you guys. Um, 
So, on the brochure, you can see here I got the Somerset Patriots logo, TD Bank Ballpark, because that's where the cold brew sold. I have an image of the concession stand there that's in the ballpark. Um, so that's that's how I merged the two. I just don't slap a New York Yankees and Patriots logo on, on something and say cold brew because that's where I'll get in trouble. But because I sell my coffee at their ballpark and they're a minor league to the New York Yankees, and in fact, I was even generous. I didn't even put the Yankees logo on here. I just put the, the Patriots. Um, but I could, and it could, you know, it, it validates things. I don't think it's more of a question of you could. I think you should. I mean, that's a massively successful baseball brand that goes yeah. back to the 1800s, I think. Well, it's uh, funny because this season, right before they opened – the Yankees were doing a walkthrough of the stadium, and one of the guys was like, what's Sleepless Life? And they're like, it's Colbert. And he's like, oh, I'm a big fan of Colbert. So I one don't know if players? he ever tried it or whatever, but... One of the players? No, one of their corporate people. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, so you never know. I could get a call one day and say, we want this in, in Yankee Stadium, and I'll have a heart attack, so they'll never get their coffee because they'll <laughs> die of excitement. But that's, you know, it, it's it's a challenge right now because I'm one guy running this corporation, and have, being there a full season, so moving fast forward, we've expanded what we put into the ballpark. So, um cool. Smart. Every year I'm thinking of something new. So last year, in a half season, I came up with frozen cold brew and cold brew milkshakes. I remember this. I remember and you calling me and telling me about this. I was very, excited. Very, very delicious. So this year we put frozen cold brew on the menu. Uh, I wanted them to upsell it. They felt keeping it the same price was fine, which was whatever. It's their, that's their business. Um, and I added my organic regular and decaf to the baseball sweets. So now in the sweets, they're getting fresh served coffee, which they didn't have before. Because what they currently have is it's this box coffee that sits in the machine and it mixes with the hot water into the cup. It's not a very appetizing cup of coffee. So wanted to... This year, back in January, I decided to start my own roasting, so I started roasting the organic and decaf blends um, for the ballpark. But I've surpassed last year's sales with the ballpark. And so they've ordered so much more this year, the demand is higher. You know, and it takes me 45 minutes to roast a pound of coffee. So when they're, they're talking 30 pounds of coffee that they order from me, that's 30 hours of, of coffee roasting. And, you know, it's a process. You're, you're roasting, then you, you're cooling the beans, and you're sifting the beans, and you're grinding the beans, and you're packaging the beans. So this is where the new pivot comes in, is now I need to, to get more people to help me, you know, manufacture. Now you're in expansion. Or you're expansion. hiring now. So... The other thing is, is that the property that I had running the business out of, the owner passed away, unfortunately, 
very close family friend. So we now had a vacate to that. that location. So now I'm in the process of looking for a new location to not only keep business operations running. Uh, I'm in my new makeshift office here now. Um, and I've kept my distributor's coffee. Like, I kept the coffee up online that the distributor does just because I need that backup right now. I need the help of other people to um, to do that. So um, I'm in the process of now doing a, new, a brand new business plan. And a business plan is very important because it helps you keep organized and figure out what you're going to do with your business. And I actually wrote the business plan after I started the business. I'm a little backwards, but it worked. Um, but now I'm, I'm at that crossroads of, I'm moving up in my company and my, my business is getting busier, which is a wonderful thing. So at some point, you know, yeah, there's decisions that I'll have to come from that. But I'm, I'm, I am in the process of looking for funding and, and seeking out a business loan. I spoke to a lender and he wanted a more in-depth business loan. He wanted everything soup to nuts. Like if it's going to cost five more nails, what are those five more nails going to be? And he's like, do you want to have a brick and mortar or do you want to have a distribution center? And, you know, he's like, you've got a lot of great ideas with your brand. But he goes, I need you to narrow it down to one singular thing. He goes, let's narrow it down to one thing that we can do. And then we can work on building out that brand. Yeah. And that's how it's done. Yes. They have one specialization, one thing that you do and you do well. And then you can expand once you have the notoriety, once you have that, you know, that know, like, and trust, um, you know, popularity from your customers, then you can start expanding out. So it's smart, smart way to do it. It is. And, you know, it was something that I didn't think about because I didn't want to be pigeonholed just for coffee because I knew I wanted to build a brand. But I'm waiting on the wine, man. I'm waiting on the wine. And you I'm know, a big I wine know some fan. people that have wineries, so vineyards and stuff. Like, you know, a, a beautiful dream of mine. My friend Lorenza is; she's planted grapes on her farm. Listen, I'll test any Merlot and Cabernet you got. I want. I would love to be like Lorenza. <laughs> Let's work together. You know, but I'm nowhere near that. You know, like I just. Uh, I would love to support. In fact, she has a bee farm on uh in maryland and she sells honey it's the best honey ever so oh, she's it, right next uh, door to me are are we farm? yeah she's uh are we farm yeah it's we farm something i'm gonna get that for you so we yeah can share let me it know for people yeah. because the honey is fantastic it's got this like perfect little nectar taste to it oh god so good anyway Backtracking back to me. Um, <laughs> we do that, don't we? <laughs> I love to. I love supporting people and helping people. Like I, mm-hmm. I just do. But I, um, I forgot where I left off. So we were talking about narrowing your business plan. Right. Yeah. So we're narrowing the business plan down to. I think what I'm planning on doing now is a distribution model. That's perfect. Because I was going to ask, what's next for Ryan Galway and Sleepless Life? That, that is what I'm working on. I'm plotting out a distribution model and looking to potentially bottle the cold brew and um, have a beverage truck, which doesn't currently exist. I mean, I'm sure it exists somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I went to a fireworks thing a couple weeks ago, and there's all these food trucks. And I'm like, 
I could go for some cold brew. You know? So, the, the, the plots and the plans, uh, uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at. And then at my distribution site, where we're making the coffee, we could have the truck open as a brick and mortar. People can stop by in their car, get a coffee, and keep going. Doesn't, forgive me if I, if I mess this up, but doesn't um, Dogfish Head Brewery do the same thing? They have a distillery and a brewery right there, but they also have a, an outdoor area where you can sit and you can sample some of their new brews. I, mean, I know it's different coffee to, to beer, but that same model, it, it sounds familiar in my mind. And it's from what I've seen, I mean, I've been down here a couple of years. It's super successful, super successful. Yeah, I'm trying to, to do something that's out of, out, I'm always big on doing things outside the box, something yeah. different. Um, the brick and mortar model is still a vision, but I feel if I start with the truck and I build across the state of New Jersey of people seeing the brand, that model alone, just the truck model, will be franchisable. And that's mm -hmm. one of my goals is to franchise. And I have franchising companies that want to work with me, but I don't have a model good enough to set up to say, yes, let's start doing this. Yeah, you, know? yeah, you got to um, think that out first. Yeah, so the idea was either to go to brick-and-mortar model or this model, which I think seems a little more achievable. Real estate right now is obnoxious. Rentals are obnoxious. Like, the, the inflation has gone through the roof. So that's, that's the challenge right now in building a business, and I think that's a challenge for any business right now, is inflation. Yeah. You know, Keeping costs down, but still bringing in revenues and how you're going to hire people and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's a very, very big challenge right now because you still want to be affordable. You still want people to buy your products, mm -hmm. but how do, how do you do it to where it makes sense? You know what I mean? And that's, I could open up a brick and mortar, and there's one down the street from me that opened up, and I never see anybody in there. So that's bad planning, if you ask me. Yeah. I have a whole business plan of, you want to bring people in. You just don't want to open shop and pray they're going to come. No. It's not field of dreams. There was, a, if I could just interject for a second, there was something that, as you're thinking about this, it, it's sparking a memory. And I, I remember um, Angela Arents. She was the CEO of Burberry, and she joined forces with Apple uh, a few years ago. And they wanted to change the Apple brick-and-mortar retail experience. Didn't want it to be necessarily just a storefront where people come and buy products. But she was trying to rebrand into Apple town halls mm -hmm. and to have people come and have experiences where they learn from uh, iPad experts how to use their iPad in their day-to-day -day life or how to use their iPad to create something. Same with phones, same with Mac, same with some of their other products. And as you're saying this, it's kind of, that's what's popping in my head is that you know, a sleepless life in a brick and mortar could be the marriage of your two passions, right? Music, entertainment, and then well, the coffee exactly as well. that's exactly it. I, I wanted to – two of my favorite shows. One is Friends. You know, I love the Me coffee too. house vibe, yeah. you know, and – uh, cheers, where everybody knows your name. Mm -hmm. So the concept was is to, to build a place that has a bar actually in it. And it's a legitimate coffee bar. But with lounges in place and provide entertainment. Um, 
There was a, a, a diner in East Brunswick, New Jersey, called the Seville Diner that closed down many years ago. And that, one of my to favorites. me, was like a perfect venue. Like, my idea was the back room would be the stage. And I still have all my sound and lighting production from when I was putting on productions and lighting and and things like that. I, I'm a big geek when it comes to building a great production. Like, uh But anyway, um, was to set that up and then gut all the 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 booths out of the place and put tables and couches and it still had the diner bar so you could keep that mm-hmm. up people could come sit and i want it to be a place of gathering and i notice a lot of coffee places are closing early now they close at five o'clock i want a cup of coffee at nine o'clock and i can't get one because they're all closed you know and there's no place for younger people to go and also, not everybody wants to go to a bar and get drunk. So this is my philosophy. I want to build a place where people can come, they can chill, they can work on our reports during the week. On a Friday and Saturday night, they can come see a musician or a comedian and enjoy themselves. And during the week, have networking events for businesses. I really hope some of the audience hears this and you're going to have investors like crazy, man, because I love that idea. And especially in a place, I know the Seville Diner very, very well. And it was one of my favorite places to go. I I mean, killer club sandwiches there. I mean, the killer. Mozzarella uh, sticks would have died for Oh, they really were. They really were. were, And they were excellent for, you know, after going out with your friends at night and you go there and you could just go nuts. But uh, I hope that some investors really hear this and, you know, reach out to you in something like that. Because from, <clears throat> excuse me, from the, the arts uh, perspective and, you know, bringing back something that's a little bit more subdued rather than going all in and getting drunk and hammered and, you know, you wind up going to get coffee anyway after you get hammered. Well, and that's the plan. <laughs> My coffee shop isn't going to close at 5 o'clock. You know, on Monday through Thursday, it'll probably be open till like, 11. Mm-hmm. And then on a Friday and Saturday night, we're closing at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, because it's it's an entertainment space. Yeah. You know, you don't have to get a cup of coffee there. You, you'll be able to get a, a bottle of water or a soda or, you know, um, a non-caffeinated beverage and things like that. Um, I was also working with a, a girl who's a pastry chef. And looking to collaborate and have her sell her pastries in the, the brick and mortar. You're going to make me move back to Jersey, aren't you? <laughs> Try it. Although, I, I don't know if I want to stay here. This state is ridiculous. Oh, uh, it's getting crazy. It's getting crazy, man. It is. It is. You know, but I, I mean, I think, I think the concepts of both ideas are very, very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of, of, you know, I put a lot of thought into to this you know i look at what other people are doing and the mistakes they're making there's a, a place in jamesburg that opened up it's doing very well a lot of people are there so you know but they did a lot more advertising than the place that opened up down the street so it's it's getting in front of people but it's also tying in with the community and if you can tie in with the community that's important it's a big part of the game you know, if, if you're going to be setting up a shop, whatever business you do in a local town, and if you don't get involved with the community, you're not going to last. That it, was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah. They, you know, and 
I want to kind of lead into another question because you and I can go, I mean, oh, we can sure. go all day, but I want to lead into that question and you just, you're good at this. You just perfectly segued into if there's a message for anyone that is at their wits end, they're looking to walk away from corporate America or they're looking to start something that gives them passion because there are stories of people that start something of, as a side hustle of their own it reinvigorates their work life on the other side or their day job because now they're working on their passion. They want to apply that same passion to their day job and build them both together. There's a lot of people that do that. So for anyone that is kind of on the fence or thinking of wanting to build something of their own, you've done it. What's your best advice for people that are in that crossroads? I'm still doing it, to, to be honest, but first of all, it's it's your happiness you got to find within your soul of where you want and what you want to be and it's not going to be easy you know it's not a walk in a park i'm not telling somebody you know quit your day job and dive into this you know build your money up look into what other people are doing look into what you can do you know like if you want it bad enough you're going to make it happen but the thing is is you gotta keep your mental state at, at a good point because there are times where like I'm roasting 15 pounds of coffee and the whole world is out having fun and I'm stuck behind a roaster or roasting coffee on a Saturday and Sunday that'll screw with your head because you're, it'll burn you out you will get frustrated and it'll come to a point of like well maybe I shouldn't do this maybe I should just give up and you know, and I'm at a crossroads. I'm at a job that I absolutely love. You know, I'm very fortunate that I have this job. I get to work from home. And I'm moving up within a company ladder. So one of my visions when I was younger was I wanted the corporate job. I wanted to move up. I wanted to be able to make six figures. There's that opportunity. And now I've built this brand that I've invested $30,000. I'm about $35,000 into it right now. Um, and it's like, I just can't let it go, you know? So it, it's, it's not an easy choice for anybody, you know? And I, I have a lot of people like saying, just sell the business and walk away. And I'm like, but you're not the one that just put $30,000 into building a brand, you know? Like that's a, yeah, it's a lot of money and it's a lot of time. It's a lot of sweat equity. But when you look at what it, could become this brand started from nothing mm -hmm. you know what i mean started from a it, phone it, call it's, it's, it yeah. goes from a concept and this is what i love about building a business because you take a concept and an idea and when you start putting pen to paper and you start building out that concept and you start getting reactions and feedback i did a taste testing at the ballpark the reviews were beyond my expectations you know the the I, i'm currently dealing with a medical issue right now i've been in and out of the hospital and stuff so this is where you also have to be prepared for when taking on a business is what if something happens you know and, and it could happen to any one of us so you want to have that backup plan you know and that's what I'm in the stages of figuring out right now. I've got this, nerve, this nerve issue that just won't go away. But 
I'm the only guy running the business. So if you want to build a successful business, build a team. You know, put a team together. Start from there. And that I found, like, when I was working with Matt, there were times we were very on point, very successful, because it was a collaboration, it was teamwork. If you're one guy, it's very, very hard. And that's where I'm at the point right now. I just had a meeting with somebody the other day, um, asking if they would be interested in working with me and so on and so forth. I'm like, it's not set stone yet. You know, don't, you know. I, I'm still putting things together. I got to finish this uh, business plan, submit it, and see where it goes. I've been rejected a lot with this business in as far as lending and things like that because I'm so new and you know so there's struggles and, and my question is how the hell do these people start businesses and get loans right away it's it, it's like mind-boggling you know but it happens and you can't get the sturge you know you just have to keep pivoting which I think with our podcast when you were on my show I think that was the title of the podcast the pivot it was so it's it's a crucial word you got to be okay with change. You got to be okay with change and you got to be okay to accepting recepting opinions and advice but still stay true to who you are and what you want because that's 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 the thing. Amen to that. It's the truth, you know. I've had a lot of people say I should do this or should do that and I'm like I appreciate your opinions and some advice I have taken but I know where this brand needs to go, and mm -hmm. I know the vision it needs to take. And it is a mammoth of, uh, you know, most people start with clues, or they're opening up a coffee shop or a pizzeria. Yeah, there's foods that generally are general, and they go into those menus. I'm taking a brand and adding four separate things that are completely different from each other. So that's that's a challenge, you know. When you take something, you with the coffee, I know I can add flavored cold brew. I could add mm -hmm. flavored coffees. You know, you could add all those things in there. But when you're taking your brand and you're starting it from scratch, you got to start with one point and slowly branch out. So you know, pick that one thing, like that my lender told me, pick one thing and do your homework. You know, and find people that are as passionate as you are. Then find the people that are smarter than you are, and I, I think you can have success. And I'm trying to find people smarter than me. There's <laughs> the gold in it too. I mean, because any any monster in industry or, or monster in building a business has always said, you know, pal around with the people that are much better than you are in the things that you don't know, it's and be able to accept, you know, that they are smarter, and be able to expect accept the advice that they give you. My well, boss in my day job is a, a genius businessman, very, very smart. And that's I take a lot of what he puts out and I absorb it like a sponge, you know. Like when I worked with Lorenza, she's been in the business, you know, for a very long time. Like she's been working with Bon Jovi since 2001 when 9-11 happened. So... You look at the people that inspire you and you follow their habits of how smart of business people they are. Great book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I listened to the audio book. It's a great thing to, to listen to. Find the resources. You know, if you're in music and you want to be in management, Paul Allen, 
you know, music mm-hmm. management. You got to find the tools that are going to help you become a better version of you. Yeah. That's the gold in it, man, right there. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, thank you so much, man, for being a guest. You definitely solidified that meaning of being the broken mold. I mean, you've jumped into everything under the sun. I broke and the mold and I'm a little cracked, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. We got super glued. I can fix that up real quick. Exactly. <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, if you wouldn't mind just telling uh, all the listeners where they can find you and more importantly, where can they support Sleepless Life and buy some of the vanilla that I love so much? Uh, sleeplesslife.com. That's sleeplesslife.com. Or you can go to ryangalway.com. R-Y-A-N-G-A-L-W-A-Y.com. Um, if, you, if you have music questions regarding music, I'm always helping people and just giving them tips and advice and things like that. Um, JanetGardnerMusic.com for Janet Gardner. Lorenza Ponce for her honey. Get her honey at LorenzaPonce.com. So, all right. Yeah, I, you know, an amazing presscan.com. All right. I, I, diversify. You know, yeah, I, I diversified. <laughs> go, go visit all those wonderful, great people. I love them to death. Awesome, um, man. But awesome. thank you for having me. This has been a, a, a true pleasure being on the show. And I wish you a lot of success, my friend, because this is, this is a great thing you're doing. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And for all the broken molders, I can't even use that. I'm going to have to find something a little bit better. But thank you very much for listening. And take it ace. See you again.